You know what makes Adam moist? I can think of a few things. He Re- loves that word. He loves reviews. Yeah. He likes lots of reviews. If you want Adam to leave a wet spot in the chair, review this motherfucker. <laughs> leave reviews at iTunes. Five star. Yeah, we forgot to actually do this yesterday when we were supposed to. What? Do the iTunes shirt giveaway. Oh, the shirt giveaway. I was just mm. talking about reviews. But there oh, you yeah. Go. So forgetful. That's, that's part of it, you know? You leave a great review. We look at the reviews and we decide which ones we like the best. Adam we decides, choose. depending on his moistness. Yeah. Mm. He has a moist, moistness, moistness meter. The moistness disgu- meter. That's disgusting. It's like a barometer, but it's in his crotch. Oh. <laughs> that's <Ooh>. disgusting. <laughs> so Ooh. now that you know that, do you really want a shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had 16 reviews in the past week. Uh, a bad, that's good. That's, that's, that's bad. not bad that's at all. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Average, average is back up. Yeah, that's not it's bad. It's gone up. At all. So we had Hoboken Howie, uh, Turner M. Luke, KSS Fate, and Tim SP seventy seven. Come up with some more, some better names, guys. Yeah, yeah. My God, no, they, did, they did great reviews. So let's <laughs> not get too. Yeah, crazy. Come on, my bad. As long as they do that, that's all that matters. That's, that's all that matters. So SPF send your name, the one I just read, to iTunes at mindpumpmedia dot com. Your shirt size, your shipping address, and I'll get that right out to you. We love you. Here it comes. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Listen, you're going to hear us on this next episode talk about uh, sugar and carbohydrates again. Sugar. Uh, because some new information just came out showing Here we um, come. some pretty crazy corruption um, in determining some of the guidelines um, that we've been given, in ter- you know, for for food, um, so we get a little heated. But anytime we talk about nutrition, we want to be, uh, we want to let people know that we have a nutrition guide and a fasting guide uh, that's available at mindpumpmedia.com. And the reason why we want to let you know that is because you're going to get a lot of information in this episode, but it's not going to give you all the information you need, not even close to all the information you need to yeah. construct a healthy diet for yourself. That's what the nutrition survival guide something to is lean for. on, right? That, that's right. a foundational program. Right. It helps you break down your macros, your calories. And then the fasting guide is in there and it teaches you how to utilize intermittent fasting properly to accelerate fat loss, improve longevity, all those wonderful things. Uh both available together at a massive discount. Uh, I believe both of them together are what? What's the what's the price on that? Fifty seven dollars. One million dollars. Yeah, Whoa. no, fifty seven bucks for both, uh, which is uh, a huge discount. Mindpumpmedia.com. It's the nutrition survival guide fasting bundle. You know what I like to do sometimes for the listeners is I like to paint the picture. Okay. Right. I like to paint the picture like happy trees. Yeah, like like yeah. so that they know the conditions that we're Here's working. Some little in. swirly yeah. uh, clouds. So that they the know that they have the conditions we're working in. Like Doug right now is uh, draped in a <laughs> a triple triple XL sweater that Adam went and got out of his truck. Yeah, but what was he wearing before that? Hold on a second. Okay, it's just he's just he's he looks like he's wearing a blanket. Uh, what are those things? Those uh. That uh, poncho, poncho. It's yeah. like a poncho. Mm. Yeah. Then Justin, <laughs> Justin literally has uh, his nipples are poking out of his flannel. I mean, they're razor sharp, and it's now starting to break through the flannel. Yeah, my penis. Have you ever see those like number two pencil? That's know, what it looks the like. Eraser. Yep. Yeah. My uh, my penis has now uh, retreated to the to to the insides of my pelvis. That's how fucking cold it is in here. Meanwhile, yeah. Adam. Yeah. By the way, we can see our breath. That's how cold it is. Meanwhile, Adam, X-ray of that, Adam is so happy. I am. Finally. <laughs> he's so happy. Finally, like, it's the right temperature in this he's motherfucker. He's like a fucking bear. Yeah. I think you need to go to the doctor and figure out why <laughs> why you like it that cold. Well, I think you and Doug are the leanest. So that's probably why you guys are so Justin's cold. Justin's cold. Yeah, I can't. I don't know Justin's <laughs> excuse. What are you talking about? Um, he's... His, fi- his fingertips are purple. He is I'm wearing cold. They he look is like they look like dicks. Sh- he is wearing shorts, and he does look a little cold. I'm, I'm not, not fat. You purple fucks. dicks. I'm not cold. I'm not <laughs> that was a, that was it. Yeah. That was the last straw. Adam. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last yeah. fat joke. I'm tired of it. He just got angry. Yeah. He's just well insulated. That's all. No. Uh, I'm, I'm padded for destruction. He's not. Yeah, I'll fucking kill people. It's so cold in here, dude. It feels great. Finally. I feel like I can finally wear pants in here and not feel like I'm sweating. Really? It's, yeah, no, it actually, and I'm drinking a nice cold coffee over here, so 
Yeah, I don't think it's cold. I don't feel bad. It's just my fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no feeling. I don't feel bad. I just can't feel. Why don't you have Doug, you, icicles? Why don't you, you have? S- why don't you have Doug turn those two suns on? It gets so goddamn hot. You guys, oh, the holy. recording lights. Yeah, dude, those things drive I'll me crazy. Sit right underneath that thing. God. Oh man, do you know how Sun hard? Bake. Do you know how hard I have to get the chills from my leg hairs to stand up? Because those are pretty long. <laughs> yeah. I look. It's crazy. I look like my legs look bigger as when, a result. Well, when you got up and got ready to come Wolf-like. over here and got dressed, the the clouds and the the windy. It's cold outside, dude. Bro, yeah, I think it's mental. It's ten it's degrees cold outside, outside, and it's like even more cold in here. It that, is. That's like a fail. It, it is a fail on the. It's once again this. I can't wait to be out of here. We only got. What do we have? Thirty days left yeah. or less? Not even. I <sighs> think I know why the bearded lady next door grows a beard. Sabotage. Because <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> Keeps her face is that, warm. Is that your theory now? You, you like how I have to change my because they can hear us. I yeah. don't like saying that. I feel like it's going to come back and haunt us. How's it going to haunt I us? I didn't say it. I'm like, have you South seen say her it. before? Huh? Have you seen her before? Well, yeah, mm. that's why I call her the bearded lady. And that's why I don't quit saying that, dude. Why? Because she's going to haunt us. I don't know her name. So how am I supposed to refer to her? I don't know. Refer to her as a lady us. next door or something. There's another lady next door, too, though. Yeah. You need to know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. It's not the fat one, <laughs> it's, it's the one with the beard, it's the neck hair. <laughs> You're a bad person. I just, yeah. I just, you're a I bad, just, you're a bad person I just pissed for this everybody off. on his own. You know, the other day, um, we did the the uh, episode on carbs. Why do people get so emotional? Defensive. They do. They get so defensive. Oh, they react like maniacs. It's weird. It's almost food is a re- is religion to people. I love carbs too. Here, I think I was the first one to admit that. Like, it's I, not like we said carbs are gross. Yeah, no. Of course they taste it's good. Like, what? It's just like, why are we eating so many of them? Yeah, I, I th- like it's it's religion. It, it's almost like you know how they always say when you go to people's houses, don't talk about religion, don't mm. talk about politics. And yeah. don't talk about nutrition. It has to be there too because yeah, put that one in there. People get so <laughs> angry, and it's because you're attacking their their like, like their core. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I told someone, "Hey, this it's thing that rituals, you, yeah, this thing that you're eating every single day, you probably shouldn't eat. It's not good for you." Like, fuck you, man. Yeah, I eat this every day. I feel it's like it's more like luck must be I feel like it's almost hey, like less of religion hey, and more like a, addiction, like an addict. If you're talking to it, trying to tell somebody that they have an addiction to something. And how defensive they get, you know. Try yeah. telling somebody that they they're an alcoholic because they drink too much, or telling somebody they have a cigarette smoking problem or they have a drug problem. I just occasionally, like, dude. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, right away, the excuses yeah. come out, or the you know, it's a weekend. Thing. I'm gonna die anyways. I may as well enjoy it on the way out. Type of deal. Like you just, heaven forbid, we talk about carbohydrates being fucking unhealthy. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just. I mean, Watch all we out. all we said was Don't that the, say that. All we said was that the overconsumption of carbohydrates is. Highly likely to be the main culprit uh, to the obesity and health epidemic that uh, and the concentrated that, versions even worse. Yeah, you know, sugar and and we're not. It's really not. It's really not. A con- really, you can't really convince me otherwise. It's really. Sorry. Not, it's really not a controversial statement. It's actually. It's becoming pretty accepted. And uh, who's getting angry are people who uh, profit from selling products that are carb heavy and from. Uh, agencies, government agencies, which are at the very least embarrassed, you know, they're embarrassed that they've promoted the exact opposite for so long. Now, why are they embarrassed? Because they got called out, bro. They got caught. They're getting caught, dude. Yeah. Did you see what just came out? Put in, on display. In New York Times. And dude, dragged around. It just came out. I'm going to pull it up. The New York Times, September 13th. It, right? This it, is the shit that, that fuels me and fires me up, dude. Now, there is now very hard evidence that the, the you know, sugar industry, if you will, paid scientists are you going to read the article for us? Uh, it's a pretty long article. Well, give it, give us so people. The internal sugar industry documents recently discovered by a researcher at the University of California, and published Monday in JAMA Internal Medicine, suggests that five decades of research into the role of nutrition and heart disease, including many of today's dietary recommendations, if not all of them, may have been largely shaped by the sugar industry. And it says, "Oh my! Could you just pause there for a second? What have we been fucking saying for the last year and a half? All these. I think the the people. If there's anybody that ever debates with us or argues with us, it's they try and throw these studies right here. The studies that that are or we are finding out is just a bunch. Which we knew always. We knew all. We've been trying to tell everybody else this that 
All these studies that we see are so fucking biased because of who's funding them. Well, but continue, well it sorry. says here that the professor who uh, researched this says that they were able to do, derail the discussion about sugar for decades. The documents show that a trade group called the Sugar Research Foundation. Let me pause for a second. Anytime there's something, especially government uh, with a name, it, 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 it says something, it's the opposite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, true. like the Patriot Act. It's not to help patriots. It's actually to eavesdrop on your phone right. and do all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, you know, uh, anytime they name something, something like the peace, like this is the peace act. Oh, looks like we're going to war. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. always the opposite. So uh, it says, uh, and by the way, the Sugar Research Foundation today is known as the Sugar Association, paid three Harvard scientists the equivalent of about $50,000 to publish a 1967 review of research on sugar, fat, and heart disease. That wasn't very much money. Yeah. You went to Harvard, the best you can get is 50 is grand 19... for putting up some bullshit? Well, if you're a scientist and they're like, well, hey, I'm just, I'm just do saying, a quick, you know, whatever, change. here's you, 50 grand. You want me to say some bullshit on my radio show, I'm a, no. you got to pay me more 50 grand. I mean, I, I bet we could get a lot of people to say a lot of things for 50 grand. But anyway, the studies used in the review were handpicked by the Sugar Group and the article, which was published in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine, which minimized the link between sugar and health uh, and heart health and cast aspersions on the role of saturated fat so this and it's funny this is right around the time that uh that the government you know guidelines started to shift and started to tell people to reduce reduce their fat intake in particular their saturated fat intake Mm. um, which then of course uh resulted in the increase of in carbohydrate intake and of course then they set out the guidelines of the food pyramid which the food pyramid tells you to eat something like 60% of your calories from carbohydrates, <clears throat> uh, you know, from processed carbohydrates or, or what they call grains or whole grains, when in reality it's just processed as shit. Um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty ins- insane. You also can see uh, the connections between some of the largest, uh, you know, makers of foods like Coca-Cola, mm. McDonald's, uh, you know, Monsanto, all these big companies and how connected they are to these agencies that tell us uh, what we should um, and shouldn't eat. Right. It's pretty. It's pretty scary it's stuff. Scary. Very very scary stuff. There's this this report that I uh, posted on um, on the forum, and it's the American Society for Nutrition, and the companies that they're closely connected to are Coca Cola, Kellogg's, Mars, Kraft, McDonald's, Monsanto, PepsiCo. These are the companies that uh, pay them significant amount of money per year to help fund them, and you can't tell me that they don't influence their, you know, their guidelines and what they tell us, uh, you know, to eat. Um, it's sugar is a big problem, and processed carbohydrates are a big fucking problem. And when it comes to fat, you know, all, not all fats are created equal, but the natural ones are fine. They're 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 good for you. even saturated fats. Even saturated fats, which has been demonized for so long, some saturated fats are downright healthy. Yeah. You know, like you look at the medium chain triglycerides found in coconut oil. I mean, look at studies done on that. It's good for you. You know, so it's uh, it's pretty crazy stuff. You know, we were told dietary cholesterol was bad and, um, you know, lower our fat intake. And now we have this epidemic. Well, it's just like, look at those companies and in, in, like they're selling sugar water. You know, where can they go from there? You know, what, what, what backup plan do they have other than to try and pay to influence people? Oh, double Otherwise, down. Yeah, double down. You have to. You have no other option because you have, this is your entire company well, and you're humongous. What you have to understand is that these massive, massive companies, okay, which are uh, arguably companies like this are what really run uh, the country. Yeah. Um. Because we have, what we have here is, and I want to be clear here, I'm not demonizing corporations and I'm not demonizing government, okay? The demon is the partnership between the two. When mm-hmm. you start to have the referee, when the say, referee well, becomes- like the church and state thing, but say it that should one have more that time. with the corporation. Say that one more time so you make that clear to people because I feel like this is somewhere where people get misguided from us. Yeah, like because- I think that I'm, we're all somewhere just- Right, because on one hand you're going to have people who are like corporations are evil, and then the other hand you'll have people who are like government is equal e- evil. It's actually both. It's the it's the partnership between the two because a large company and corporation really um, 
they can't, you, could, you could be a big company and be a good person and be a good company. You can't have to and be you can a piece be a, of shit. And you can be a shitty company, yes. but, but you can't force anybody to do anything. You can only persuade them. Right. Government, on the other hand, can force you to do shit through fines and taxes. And, and government sets out guidelines, which when Americans or when anybody looks at, uh, like if, I, if Coca-Cola sends out this press report and says, this is the healthy way to eat, everybody's going to be like, well, I'm going to look at that. With a grain of salt because yeah. it's put There's out by Google. Yeah. But if the government puts something out, all of us, you know, a lot of people assume, oh, this is unbiased. It's our own government. Yeah, because they're, they're looking out for our best interests as right. a human being. But in reality, they're, they're just partners. They're just partners in it. So here's another example because uh, right now a big, uh, you know, a lot of these companies are getting uh, losing share value because people are starting to move away from quote unquote processed foods. And so these companies come together and they're and remember these are you know if you combine the value of these companies it's it's in the hundreds of billions if not trillion you know dollars so they spend a lot of money they're, they they are smarter than you are in terms of influencing you and getting you to do wh- what they want they're very smart with how they position their arguments and how they put out their information so their PR, PR agencies which represents all these companies comes out and says processed foods aren't bad for you let me explain why. 700,000 years ago, meat was added to the human diet, which resulted in cooking and drying and salting and smoking. Those are examples of food processing. In the 19th century, we canned and pasteurized foods. Those are also called food processing. We also freeze and refrigerate and clean food. That's all food processing. So processing is not bad. And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're arguing something completely different right. and trying to make it sound like yeah. it's the same thing, like cleaning your food and freezing it or cooking your food uh, is the same thing as a box of whatever that has a shelf life of 5,000 years and, yeah, is, yeah. and it, it looks nothing like real food. A bunch of chemicals food. that help to you know last longer. Yeah, with an ingredients list of words that you can't pronounce. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or even create artificial sweeteners and things and, and the way they'll, they'll promote them. And you're starting to see them now start to push them more as things for health, like... Watch what happens. Mark my words. As more and more people become hip to the negative effects of sugar, you're going to see a lot of these companies now start to push artificial sweeteners. Oh yeah, and Damn um, it. <laughs> and uh, you know, and then they'll start to push natural art, you know, natural or uh, uh, non-caloric sweeteners like stevia, which is a better alternative, but it's still not the best thing in the world because anything you eat with that causes that sweet signal does causes certain chemical changes in the body. But they're always trying to you know, save their asses uh, when it comes to money. And they will partner with these government agencies, which will then support them by putting information out that makes them look mm-hmm. better than they really are. I mean, it's no it's no coincidence that, the, that countries that um, dramatically start to increase their soft drink consumption... Look at Mexico, by the way. Mexico, you know, 30 years ago, obesity was non-existent in Mexico. Today, Mexico's obesity rate, I believe, is higher than America's. Mm. And if you look at their... Wow, really? You know, if you look at... Or at or, or on pace to beat us. And if you look at their obesity rates, their obesity rates exploded and it's, it, the, 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 the graph matches exactly with their soda consumption. And Mexicans... Ooh, those horchatas. And, and, and Mexicans <laughs> are some of the highest so consumers of... Or, or consume some of the highest amounts of soda... Soda has become a staple uh, beverage in all Mexico, the, and it's the, the, so the, much sweeter than what we have up here. It's uh, crazy. And the water is shit down there. That's why. Well, that's what I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? You, you, you can't trust the water. Yeah, yeah right. You, you, you dysentery. Get, yeah, you get your your burrito and tacos, yeah. and you want to wash it down with something. You can't have no water, so it's either it's soda or a fucking Modelo, right? Yeah, maybe. That's, <laughs> that's real. <laughs> those, those, <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the stereotypes. Here we go, Adam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can get away with it because yeah. he's Irish. Yeah. But I think it's. I mean, this is. This is all real important stuff to um, to pay attention to. If you're gonna avoid or or look at a macronutrient very, with extreme scrutiny, I mean you should look at them all with with scrutiny. But look at sugar and carbohydrates. Um, that's what's causing a lot of the problems uh, that we're seeing today. A lot of the health. Problems. Well, I want to I want to elaborate a little bit on this and our personal experience each one because I think if I were to, you know, rate the top top three to five like times in my fitness career where my paradigm was shattered this has to be top three for me as far as like game changer as uh how i ate and how i taught my clients to eat going forward 
Uh, I mean, for majority of my career, I, I was the opposite of this. I mean, carbs were the staple of everybody's meal plan. Unless you were diabetic or you had something, if you had some special condition or a, you know, a thyroid condition, for the most part, almost everybody's diets that I had put together would be 60 to 70% carbohydrate intake. And, you know, I, we were, this is your fuel, you know, your carbs are your fuel. And this is what you, your body needs this. If you want it to run efficiently, you need carbohydrates. And especially if you're working out hard and you're, you're doing any sort First of that, thing in the morning, you yeah, overload yeah, your body with well, carbs, yeah, right? It's the most important meal, the, pancakes. meal of the day yeah. is to start off with yeah, exactly. for breakfast, oatmeal, oatmeal and, and whey protein processed whey protein was like my staple go-to that not only did I do myself, I taught my clients for years. I yeah. mean, so for me, this is a big one because I, I anytime I, I feel like we can, we can talk about this and say, Hey, listen, man, even I was. You know, I was convinced that this was the way we should eat. And it's amazing once I made that switch over and realized that, you know, fat isn't isn't bad. It isn't as this how we've demonized it for the last decade. And when I eat like when I literally like target my fat and my protein and like just really try and avoid carbs at all costs when I but when I want fruit, I have fruit whenever I have a meal, I try and get a a a variety of vegetables and color in there. It really is easy. I really don't find myself, you know, uh, feeling like I'm restricting or I don't feel like I'm having to count calories and macros. I literally eat and enjoy myself and, and, and eat till I'm full. And it, by just focusing on that, as soon as carbs enter the equation, it's a whole new ball game. I mean, and I, and, and tracking and, and being careful to not over consume, uh, becomes has become a huge. That's challenge. the key. It's the overconsumption because, uh, and, th- and it's it can be very individual um, in terms of what that means from person to person. But most people are pretty sedentary, so overconsuming something like carbohydrates, especially processed ones, is pretty easy. It, you don't need much to kind of get into that bad area. Now, if your mm-hmm. calories are really low, you get away with more. But even then, there's healthier ways to do it. But it's important to look at the. You know, who puts the information out um, and how heavily it's influenced by lobby groups and stuff. For example, if you look at, um, you know, there's there's because right now what just came out with this uh, vegan associations and I don't know the names of them, but these are big organizations are coming out. Right. And they're saying, no, the meat and dairy industry want you to think because now they're trying to create their own conspiracy, man. Right. And I'm sure the meat and dairy industry have a large influence also on things. But you want to also you want to look at where this information is coming from, and organizations that promote vegan or ve- vegetarian lifestyle are motivated by saving the the lives of animals, not motivated by promoting uh, the you know nutritional wellness of humans. So you always have to look at the motivation, right? What are they motivated by? And vegan associations are very open and blatant about the fact that their motivation is not to promote a healthier lifestyle for humans. It's to stop humans from eating animals. And so they're going to either grab on old science or, again, cherry pick data um, to show, you know, certain things may be bad. Like, like for example, if we feed people lots of a high fat diet, but the fatty acid profiles all over the place mm-hmm. um, and it's not balanced or someone eats lots of omega-6 fatty acids, um, then they're going to have very bad health. And it would be easy for me to say, look, high fat diet is bad for you. So um, I want I want to be clear. It's not you know it's it's not it's cut and dry as eating more fat, not eating carbs, or eating less carbs and less and no sugars. You still have to eat healthy. Yeah. No matter what, you still have to eat healthy and follow those those you know guidelines of eating a, a diet that is you know mostly whole you know whole natural foods. I, I think it's important for people to understand though this this little simple tip, and that's understanding that every time that you consume these carbohydrates. And even when we can, a lot of people don't realize this either when you have like artificial sweeteners. So if you have like a Diet Coke or uh, this happens also where our blood sugar and uh, gets spiked and insulin gets released. And when, what happens, not only does that put us in this fat storing mode, but it also kicks up your appetite. So th- that's the hardest part about when you like, you know, even if you, you're staying in control. And this is why I now teach clients like we're, we're avoiding carbs for the most part. 
you know, and when I say that, I mean like all, all everything, like your your pastas, your rices, your breads, all that's there's no we don't need that. I can find all the other nutrients through other foods, through uh, and I'm not avoiding fruit. Fruits are definitely abundant in all and vegetables my, are there. Yeah, and vegetables are in there like crazy. So you have, I, and I want you to eat a ton of different greens and veggies and colors uh, when we're eating your vegetables, and then fruits. I'm I'm targeting berries as my primary source of fruit, and then for variety and and uh, we're gonna add other stuff. But if you focus just on those uh, those main carbohydrates and enjoy them to death and primarily focus on your fats and then your proteins, it's actually not that difficult. And you'd be surprised on how satiated you feel and how, how good you feel. Well, mm-hmm. it's funny, you know, what, what they're starting to talk a lot about now, a lot of new science is coming out um, on how probably one of the more important things we should focus on for longevity is the health of the mitochondria of our cells. Now for, uh, for those of you without, you know, just don't know what a mitochondria is. It's the, it's the energy producer of the cell. Uh, it's what produces, it's yeah, it's what produces uh, ATP, which fuels every cell in your body. And, uh, in the presence of, you know, glucose, um, it, it creates, um, free radicals, uh, in your cells. And so it can cause damage. And, in the past, we said, well, if you eat foods that are high in antioxidants, it reduces this mm-hmm. oxidation that happens from you know uh, through this process. But studies are showing that increasing at antioxidant out, uh, intake doesn't really do a whole lot, probably because it's not getting to where it needs to get to. But one thing that you can do that dramatically increases the efficiency and effectiveness of mitochondria and reduces the uh, the uh, the oxidation rate or the you know free radical production is allow your body sometimes, you don't have to do this all the time, but sometimes let your cells run on ketones, mm. um, which comes from a high-fat, low-carb or no-carbohydrate diet. Or a fasted state. Or fasted. Well, yeah. Yeah. Ketones, Fasting is what's going to kind of tip you into that Ketones be, burn very, very clean in the body. Running on ketones increases the number of mitochondria within cells, which is a good thing. You've got more of these energy producers. Uh, it's neuroprote- you know, neuroprotective uh, on the brain. They're finding all these degenerative disorders, all these, especially these neurodegenerative disorders from MS to Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, you know, you name it. And they're finding that putting people on very low carbohydrates or supplementing with exogenous ketones or putting them on a ketogenic diet shows tremendous benefits. And all of those, uh, they've even done this on uh, on animals where there's a genetic disorder. I can't remember the name of it that causes accelerated aging. Um, and I can't remember that. Maybe you've seen on TV where a human will have it where it's like a little kid, but they look like an old man or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, Benjamin Button syndrome. Yeah, and I don't remember the name of it, but, they, but they'll have animals that, that they, you know, genetically engineered to have this particular disorder. And then they'll have them eat a ketogenic type diet. And it'll uh, remedy a lot of the symptoms that come from this genetic disorder. So, um, and then and then there's also the controversial, which is becoming less controversial now, but it's, it's still controversial position on cancer that uh, cancer may in fact not be so much of a genetic issue, but may in fact be a metabolic mm. disease where you have these. Well, it makes sense when you think that sugar feeds it. Well, you may have these genes that it's this blueprint that doesn't necessarily get activated until certain things happen. Hmm. And the way you, you know, keep it from getting activated would be to eat a, a diet that encourages healthy mitochondria. Mm-hmm. And uh, what all cancer cells have in common is that they, uh, they can't run on ketones. They have to run on, on, on glucose. Um, and so it's, there's all these things that are starting, all these dominoes that just kind of start to, to line up. And, um, you know, humans have eaten carbohydrates uh, forever. We can metabolize them. It's, the, it's a preferred fuel source. If I eat fat and carbs, my body will go to glucose first. However, c- carbohydrates are rare. They're, 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 mm-hmm. they're rare in nature. They're just not common. I, I want you to tell me where the hell I'm going to find well, a like diet. Nitrous, where, you know? It's like what? It's like nitrous. Yeah, yeah. What you do you know, mean? You put it in in your carbohydrate or your not carbohydrate, your your uh, uh your coffee? No, oh, no, no. I'm oh, talking about gas? an engine. Oh, yeah. oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, so nice. you put nitrous into primate, right? And and it gets this like immediate like explosive reaction. And you know, the 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 entire engine just runs like crazy fast on that. And it's just it's just a high performance fuel mm. versus like something that's gonna 
burn a little slower. Okay, that's a good. That's actually a good but, analogy. Yeah, that 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 was really hard for me to get out. But it, <laughs> <laughs> shit. But I was like, where are we going like, with this? <laughs> Go ahead. But it's uh, they're they're relatively rare um, in nature. I mean, where would you find? Tell me. Forget. Okay, let's pretend. We're not growing our own plants, right? So this is before the agricultural revolution, which, by the way, if we count the agricultural revolution, that probably makes up less than 5% of all human history. It's probably like 1%. But anyway, so most of human history we lived without. Say that again and explain that. Uh, for most of human history, we did not we did not understand how to grow and sustain crops. That's that's That was called the agricultural revolution. When we figured that out, it dramatically changed the way humans lived and ate. But for most of human evolution, we didn't eat that way. We we were hunter-gatherers. You know, tell me in nature, natural now, not that we planted them and that we made our crops, where would you find a diet that's 60% carbohydrates? You know what, though? Where when, would you find that? When we use this argument, I, it, it frustrates me because I, not like from yours, but from people that want to debate this because they want to debate that like, that makes no sense. Why would we want to be anything like our ancestors and cavemen? No. And it, we're so much more intelligent. We've evolved as humans. Science has evolved us in, in nutrition and, and technology and everything else. So using that yeah, argument. Well, there's more of a scarcity issue, you know, that, that that's an argument as well as well, far as like, you know, it, building the surplus well this is so this is so this is people make that argument um and it's the wrong argument what it is i want that's why i brought do, it up i agree with you but i you know that this is what they say yeah, right this is what they're gonna say to you yeah yeah no 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 they're 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 trying to that's almost like a um what do they call that a, a straw man argument yes uh here's the thing i'm not saying we need to live like cavemen what i'm saying is and which is pretty established is that humans evolved without that for shit. the most part eating a certain way. And so those of us that proliferated and survived eating that way probably utilized food and, you know, lived better that way. And those of us that couldn't did, weren't able to reproduce and die. So that's how, that's the basic theory behind evolution. And then they argue back to you that, you know, well, you know, 500 years ago, the man only lived to 40 years old or whatever was the average yeah. age. So why would I want to eat like they eat and only live to 40 no, years old? We have, we have uh, definitely made huge in uh, inroads in, in survival, but mainly because we've learned how to treat infection right. uh, and cure disease. Antibiotics. Yeah. Cure yeah. disease, treat infection, and we're no longer malnourished. Those were three big things that we solved. Like mm -hmm. people died all the time of malnourishment, not having food. Well, that's not a problem anymore, right? Yeah. People died all the time of an infection. People don't die so much from infection anymore. You know, we have antibodies. So which that I think that's the good point where you where you find the common ground with this person. So are, we can argue that, okay, so, you know, science has evolved. We've learned how to grow these crops and mass produce these things. So we no longer have to worry about, you know, di dying of starvation. Now, the other side of that coin is that, well, you know, like anything else, it seems like with us, you know, we, we go from one extreme to the other extreme, right? right. So we went yeah. from, you know, we're, we're going to die of starvation and we didn't have enough food. So now we found a way to modify food and make it uh, in in huge quantities enough to, to feed everybody. And we've made all this fake shit from, from corn. And now yeah, it's that extreme spectrum. So we've we've definitely taken it all the way. I feel like we've really pressed it with all these new ailments and, you know, diabetes and obesity and all these like things that happen as a result of just this influx of surplus and, and carbohydrates and just easy access to fuel. But, you know, long term, now we're starting to see more chronic things as a result of, of eating this way. And it's like you can't just put that off and, and ignore it like, you know, like we're doing so much better now, whereas we do have these ailments. We do have these sicknesses to address. Right. And I'll use another analogy that's kind of similar. Um, you know, humans also evolved being very, very active. OK, we evolved yep. moving and walking and running and climbing. Because we had to. Um, now, we don't have to anymore. We can sit down and not have to move anymore. Now, in the past, humans died all the time from overexertion. They died all the time from breaking a leg or tearing a muscle or twisting a knee or whatever because they, they moved all the time. Mm -hmm. Today, people don't die from that anymore. But now, we're dying from the other end of the spectrum, which right. is we're not moving at all. So, the same holds true for, for diet. Our bodies evolved moving. They evolved eating a certain way. That doesn't mean we're going to emulate exactly what they did because nobody would want to do that. But we need to learn from it and see that the body operates better. Well, and I under think the now, yeah, exactly. Like the, the 
like not having that kind of activity in the workforce, like we have to be even more mindful about what we eat as a result of that, because, you know, it, it is like, it's such a huge part of our day where we're sitting down, we're, we're contributing to, you know, our work, we're getting things done, but it's, it's still very, very sedentary. And so you can't just make up for that by going to the gym for one hour. Like you have to be mindful about your nutrition even more so. Well, you have to be choosy because uh, your options are so wide and available. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were choosing, you know, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. I know. You weren't really, That's what's hard about it. Yeah. You're not really choosy, right? You're like, it's food. Yeah. I'm going to eat it's it. It's just food. I'm hungry. Let's yeah. shove it down the gullet. I mean, yeah. it is, it is funny. If you think about it, we actually have to make time to go to something called a gym to do physical activity, <laughs> right, which yeah. I, th- I think, you know, people would have been blown oh, away had would, we shown them. Yeah, make right. fun of us. Yeah. Had we shown them some of that stuff. So, I mean, it's important, you know, it's important to know some of this stuff and, and to pay attention and, and, you know, educate yourself and eat, you know, accordingly. And, you know, I, I'd like to address a, a few confusions too. People think that a low carbohydrate diet is a high meat diet. It's not. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. You can eat a lot of meat or you cannot eat a lot of meat. There are high fat, uh, you know, plant sources. Seeds and there nuts. There are seeds, nuts, avocados mm-hmm. and coconut and there are healthy oils like, you know, that are cold pressed like olive oil. And, and if you want to eat meat, you can. I also want to be clear that a low carbohydrate diet is not a high protein diet. That it doesn't mean you eat a shit ton of protein. Mm-hmm. Um, it means you eat a lot of fat. Uh, protein is kept kind of. It's very this, hard for people to understand that. Right. They think low carb. And I know that I because I know how hard protein. it was. How hard it was for me as a trainer. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I, I know if it was hard for me because of how much we've been indoctrined by, you know, stay away from the fat, stay away from the fat. And even when you hear fat, we still think, you know, well, okay, avocado. Yeah, that's a peanut butter. Okay, that's okay. You know, but not oil you know that's crazy you know or bacon or you know some cheese or something like that no we couldn't right right we can't eat that fat right yeah Yeah. no no i I would say i say yes yeah i mean no exactly i mean you're you would you're far better off going that direction than you are eating these these sugars it's actually not as hard as as you think like people listening right now who are like oh my god i don't i don't you know i don't want to eat that much meat and stuff you don't have to Matter of fact, a, a proper way to eat a lower carbohydrate, higher fat diet is to have more of a moderate protein intake. And that's if you're kind of an athlete, uh, you're pushing those levels. If you're not or you just don't really care about squeezing out every little bit of performance, then you can consume much lower protein intakes. I mean, 70 to 100 grams of protein a day is plenty for most people. And I'm even talking about 200-pound male athletes. And, you know, it's, it's usually enough. I mean, would they get some benefit from having a little more? Probably, uh, but for most of you, it's not that big of a deal. But I mean, think about it. Like if you go, you're if you're more even a vegetarian, you know, I'm going to sit down and have a plate of cooked vegetables, and I'm going to cover them with, you know, some olive oil, and then I'm going to have some nuts, and then maybe some berries, and there's your high fat, moderate protein, you know, low carbohydrate meal right there. So it's it's not as as hard as you think. And here's the cool thing too: if you're an athlete and you want to maximize performance. When you start playing with carbohydrates and reducing carbohydrates, you can really squeeze out some pretty amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Some, some, there's now you're getting more and more of these like ultra, you know, endurance athletes and even strength athletes who are going very low carbohydrate. And then right before their event, yep. they'll increase their carbohydrates. They're more sensitive to it. Then. Yeah. Their insulin uh, sensitivity goes through the roof. So they'll eat. You know, whereas normally they eat four or five hundred grams of carbs a day. Well, that was the protocol anyway for uh, to be super depleted. You know, to do the carb loading mm-hmm. before the events. It's mm-hmm. like people forgot about that process. They just thought that oh, I'm going to load a super huge carb meal. You know, the night before with spaghetti and this and that, and have like pancakes in the morning. And then I'm going to have great energy for the game. And they're all sluggish and <laughs> you know slow out there. And no, they, you, they you, forgot the process leading up to that. No, you can load. You can carb load with a lot less carbs if you are um, a low carb if you right. always eat you're low more carbohydrate sensitive to it, yeah. because you're insulin you're 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 much more sen- sensitive to the effects of insulin so you utilize what you eat and you don't need uh you know quite as many carbohydrates to get that that boost and i also want to point to studies that you no know, recent studies now that show that you know ketogenic you know athletes who've mm-hmm. been who are now fat adapted they have just as much glycogen storage in their muscles as uh, regular that's athletes that's what's do. so fascinating to yeah. me yeah we're we were talking about that uh, uh, when we had um, 
what was his name again? Dr. D'Agostino. Yeah. 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 He was talking about the fat adapted athletes. And I was so fascinated by that because also like I had heard about, you know, the, the whole carb loading um, process, like even that, the, the, the person that came up with that process had even had to reevaluate that mm-hmm. and, and what it was doing long term with these athletes and their, you know, chronic inflammation, all these like arthritis and things they're battling as a result of this. It's like there might be a better way. You, all, know? you know, all I know is, is that I uh, personally um, I have, you know, I, I know a lot of people who have mild autoimmune issues like irritable bowel syndrome and more severe like Crohn's and, uh, you know, MS and, you know, some of the more severe ones. Almost every single one of them that I know does way better on a reduced, severely reduced carbohydrate diet or no carbohydrates. Some of them eat carbohydrates, but they don't eat grains. Mm -hmm. And some of them don't eat any of them at all. And all of them eat more fats. Now, what they eat can vary from individual to individual. And I also want to be clear, individual variances can be very big. There are general things we're talking about, but I'm pretty sure there's someone out there whose body does better on a higher carbohydrate diet. and. And that's another thing yep. to keep in mind. There's, there are there are some people who genetically, if they eat a higher fat diet, will have blood lipid levels that are ridiculous and have you know bad side effects. But for the most part, people do better. Well, right? and we we also we're not taking account for anabolically enhanced too, which you know there is a, a good portion of of people that are lifting weights that are, and that there's a difference. There's not a lot of we don't have a lot of good studies yet that show somebody who's anabolically enhanced and running a ketogenic diet versus a high carb diet and stuff. I hope to see some of that stuff. I remember we had someone asked us a you question. You think they will? I, I mean, if, with it being banned substance nah, with all sports, I don't no think there'd be any funding. You there. know why they can't? Because it would be considered unethical to have right. people take, uh, you know, a bunch of testosterone because it's outside of the therapy. class it in like the cocaine and all that kind of Yeah, it would, be like, right? it would be like, oh, we took this group of people and we put them on a thousand milligrams of testosterone and the, yeah. they, they would never. Well, I think just the simple fact that we have hormone therapy and therapists doing that I would think that there, yeah. it would leave some room for well those are those I are could see a window therapeutic in there doses. That. Yeah. yeah I could see that therapeutic dose. yeah that's what I mean I mean th- that's a start right that's at least a start seeing that if you're taking something synthetic and you're keeping your levels you know elevated uh, consistently through therapy if that makes a difference in the the carbohydrate intake, which I would assume that it, there there are more benefits to somebody who is anabolically enhanced. I mean, wouldn't you think so? I would I, think. I that think anabolically enhanced athletes, uh, sure. they they utilize protein at much higher rates, and so those are the people that I w- that probably benefit from higher protein intake for sure. Yeah, and carbs is what I'm saying. I'm not just saying just protein. I'm saying in carbohydrates. Yeah, I think I think testosterone, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm sure one of our listeners will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think high levels of testosterone do increase insulin sensitivity. I do believe that there's a connection there, if I'm not uh, completely mistaken. So, well, that I would make that, that, that would make sense because you're pretty much anabolic twenty four seven when yeah. you're when you're on that. Which I mean, insulin plays a huge role in that. You know, that reminds me of a study that uh, I just saw on um, Muscle PhD. You guys know who that yeah, yeah, Instagram yeah. page. You know what irritates me? What <laughs> when these motherfuckers don't respond to me? Why? <laughs> it just uh, just bugs me. I feel like I. I mean, I don't. I got a good question. I do. I asked a very uh, legitimate question. He he did a post that says the first lesson of uh, this week for Muscle PhD Academy investigates a very common myth: Can you build muscle and lose body fat simultaneously? And the answer is yes. Uh, the topic has many conflicting theories. Uh, adequate protein intake for the average person, not exercising in quotation, is about 0.4 to 0.45 grams of protein per pound of body weight. To put that into perspective, a 160-pound man uh, would consume 64 grams of protein. However, as exercise is added, protein intake increases. The current upper limit for protein intake is about one gram per pound of body weight, so pretty close to accurate. This study showed that when individuals consumed 1.1 grams of protein per pound of body weight, they lost body fat and increased lean mass. Now, uh, this is not the first study to show this. He goes on to talk more detail about this. So my question was uh, with this study. So it showing basically is saying that, and this is why I don't like studies like this, because somebody reads that and goes, oh, so if I, you know, the higher my protein intake is, the, the easier it is for me to burn body fat and build muscle simultaneously, right? Well, my question uh, to him was, you know, if the calories were all the same in these studies, do you think this could be uh, because the group eating more protein had more healthy fat and less carbs? 
Or do you think it's directly related to the protein intake or the higher protein intake would most likely be coupled with lower carbs? Mm-hmm. Right. Because more likely if they're because yeah, keep- that's a very I mean, that's a very logical question. Right. Well, that's why I'm not I wasn't like prodding saying that it was wrong or anything like that. I just I was really interested to hear the answer. And of course, motherfucker answers everybody but me. You know, I'm just like. <laughs> and everybody else, everybody else asks the stupid like questions. The logical what's ones. your favorite protein? You know, what's a, what, what, what bar should I take? I'm like, these are all stupid <laughs> questions. Somebody ask him a fucking legitimate question and get an answer here. Like, you know, and this is like the fourth or fifth time that I've wrote on this guy's page and I like him and I've given shout outs about him before and now I'm annoyed. So this it did annoys me why you why I say nice things about you. I ask you a, a here, comes, fair, here comes the bully train. Yeah, it, well, come on, dude. Like I, I I've repped this dude before and say all this nice shit. I ask. You know, a, let me ask the question. Maybe he'll answer. Yeah, actually, why don't yeah. you why don't you get on there and ask there the same go. question He's because like Salmore. And it, and it wouldn't bother me if I if like obviously you know, I think I, well I mean I, I, sometimes people are so wary about even talking to us because we're so because you're an asshole you've created that for us well, <laughs> i thought you it's were all, I thought that was you. doing you've you've assumed that role recently i, I feel have? like yeah i feel oh, like shit. yeah the last sorry time. <laughs> i'm a big mouth not an asshole no, no but, you've just been influencing Sal, adam let's be honest yeah that's damn true. it yeah, yeah we're yeah. we're turning into one he's got yeah. chucks you know we're doing it yeah but, I, that, I, but that's the type of studies that we have going out there you know that's just that's what reminded me of that is you know, someone reads that and, you know, somebody like that who's who's supposedly credible posts something like that without like, hey, let's let, let's talk about some of the other things that could be going on in, in this to just well, come out there and say yeah, that and, and higher protein is going to burn more fat and, you know, build more muscle simultaneously. Right. And some studies will show that. But I think here's the thing, too, uh, we need to look at when we look at studies on performance or the metrics are build muscle, burn body fat um, and they show that. You know, 15% or 10% more muscle was built when someone had two grams of protein per pound of body weight versus one gram per pound of body weight, which is a tremendous amount of protein. And you think to yourself like, wow, 10% more muscle. That's a lot. It's not that much if the average if the average person in the study gained, you know, three pounds or four pounds of muscle. It's not even half a pound of muscle. And that and how are they measuring that? Do you know how how inaccurate it is to measure those kinds of things? And at the end of the day... It's not about doing everything to maximize muscle and to maximize fat loss. That's not the the that's not just the that's not the only thing you should look at because if it was all about that, if that's all I give a shit about or no, all you a, give a shit such about, such a great point. Then you're you're throwing away you're throwing out so many other metrics that you can look at in terms of that that'll tell you about your health. Mm-hmm. You know, is it worth it to gain one pound of muscle more, which you are lucky to gain an extra pound of muscle from some technique like this versus what you were doing before? Um, is it worth gaining that one extra pound of muscle to sacrifice some of your, I don't know, range of motion because maybe you're more inflamed now or maybe your energy is not as good or maybe your skin isn't as good because your gut's not as healthy or maybe mm-hmm. longevity's off? You know, you got to look at all these different factors, and I'll tell you something. And okay, sure, some of you guys are just totally one hundred percent aesthetic based, and you just don't give a shit. You just want to look good. Let me tell you something right now. You take two people, okay? Take twins, and I'll put an extra four pounds of muscle on one twin, but I'll make the other twin much healthier on all the other uh, uh, parameters. Look at them next to each other. I guarantee you, the healthier person will look better. They'll look better aesthetically. They'll look healthier. So remember that. I know you want to, you know, a lot of you guys listening right now want to be, you want to look sexy. You want to look attractive. Nothing, nothing looks more attractive and sexier than healthy. There isn't anything that looks better than that. I, there are, and I know some of you guys who've, who've been to some of these fitness expos, uh, you know, I'm shocked. I go to these fitness expos and I see massively roided out bodybuilders and bikini girls and when you look at them up close, I mean, yeah, far away, you see the, you know, the boobs and the butt and the dudes look all yacked and huge. And you look them up close and you're like, ugh. Yeah. They don't look good. Eyes all sunken They in. look unhealthy. Like uh, something's skin, not right. Skin all worn. It's a, you know what's funny? You brought this up. Uh, I wonder if this ever crossed. Man, sitting at the dinner table with Ben Greenfield, his wife and his two children have to be four of the most healthy individuals I've ever seen in my they life. They just glowed. Oh, yeah. Like, right? Little, mm. All of them. Their right. hair, yeah. their skin, their vascularity, like everything about them, like you could just see the health like radiating from both of them. You could just tell. You could tell by the way they, they live. Now, mind you, Ben Greenfield is 
an extreme, right? Like oh, he's, he's a fanatic. He's, he's a biohacker, right? So he, you know, he prides himself on, you know, all those little tiny things he's doing that most people are not doing. Like, but I mean, man, you could see it. You could totally see it. So yeah. The guy looks like he's twenty years old. You know. Well, it's wired in our DNA to spot that in in somebody else, you right? Know? Like we we don't even know a lot of times what it is, but we just know that by looking at you, I could point things out like little nuanced things that I, I could tell like you're unhealthy well, or I, like your breast smells mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I could remember, you know, even myself not that long ago, like I would have done, you know, anything that was, uh, you know, besides, you know, maybe breaking the law or maybe even then to gain an extra, you know, four or five pounds of muscle. Like really, is it that important, you know, to gain that extra five pounds of muscle to sacrifice, yeah. you know, the rest of your health? Oh, it to- is when you're short term minded. It is, and you know? at the same time, gain that extra five pounds of muscle. You're not gonna. It's not like you make this, this, this life altering change where everything is gonna be great, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're happy with your life and everything's working wonderful. That doesn't happen from, you know, you know, getting worse health uh, in the pursuit of losing an extra three pounds of fat and gaining extra three pounds of muscle. Right. It only happens from being healthy both inside and out. And so that's the those are the glasses you should look through when you're looking at uh, how to eat and how to exercise. And yes, we have even our even us, we have programs that are designed to maximize performance, but uh, we always p- bring them in the parameters of overall health because yep. uh, we are looking for long term. I don't want people that's to follow it. my program, get great results for 12 weeks and then fry themselves or burn themselves out or the body stops responding. Mm-hmm. I want something that's going to always give them progress and results and you can only do that if you're healthy it doesn't happen if you're not that's it that's it so listen if you like mind pump leave us a five-star rating and review on itunes if we like your review and we choose it you will win a free mind pump t-shirt you can also check us out on instagram at mind pump radio i'm at mind pump sal justin's at mind pump justin adam is at mind pump adam and also don't forget to check out our new youtube channel mind pump tv thank you for listening to mind pump if your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.